Get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. And joining me shortly will be my good mate, 60s, as always, as well as a now semi-regular on the show, Ron Grebe, our American correspondent. And together we're going to have a little bit of a, a brains trust, a powwow, uh, something of a survival guide for round zero as Ron details to us how he's approaching his trip to Las Vegas and uh, everything that he's excited about in that big doubleheader happening at Allegiant Stadium. Before the fellas do join the show, though, as always, a quick shout-out to the sponsors of the tip sheet, Big Swing Golf, North Mead, and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellon, and Parramatta. The best damn sponsors a little rugby league podcast could ever ask for, so much thanks to both of them. And now, let's get into our chat. 60s, round zero is almost upon us. It's uh, just a few slips away, really, now. And... TCT, while we're not going to be there in person, we're going to be there in spirit because uh, one of our favourite liaisons on the show, Ron Greep, is going to be there and seeing the double header between the, uh, well, the four teams, Seagulls, Roosters, Rabbitohs and Broncos. And yeah, we're really looking forward to talking to Ron in the before and after process of it. And the before starts right now. Ron, welcome to the tip sheet, mate. Good to have you back. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to come talk to you guys. Uh, really excited. So, oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, that sort of prompted what I was going to ask, which was your level of excitement about this trip for you down to Las Vegas. Can you remind our listeners, first of all, of where you live in the United States, what sort of trip this is for you, and, of course, you know how much this means for you to be able to get down to Vegas for this game? Um, yeah, so uh, I live in northwest Indiana, which, for reference, is about – 45 minutes to Chicago. So if I went on vacation somewhere and I ran into somebody, I'd probably just say I'm from Chicago to narrow it down. Um, The trip is about four hours and 15 minutes for a plane ride. So not too bad. Watch a couple movies. Uh, I'm going to be going there with my fiance. So she's never been there before. And uh, uh, trip wise, not too bad. That should be, should be a good time leaving in the afternoon. I'm getting there in the afternoon. Uh, When it comes to the time zones, uh, was that? Is, I forgot what that uh, time uh, zone is over there. But anyway, they're like two two hours uh, behind us, so I'll, I'll kind of gain some time on our trip there. So I'm really excited. I've been to Vegas once before with some buddies when I turned 21, and this one's a little bit more strictly business per se. <laughs> but uh, my fiance's never been there, so we're gonna try and do some fun stuff for her because I don't want to make it all solely on me, me, me. Because that'd be selfish, of course, and I don't need to get yelled at any more than I already do. So anyway. And, of course, it's the doubleheader on the Australian <laughs> Sunday, uh, which would be the American Saturday. Uh, 1.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. kickoff for the Seagulls and Rabbitohs, followed by the Roosters and Broncos at 3.30 p.m. Uh, wh- when exactly do you arrive? I know, I know you just talked about gaining time on the trip over, uh, but how early do you get in as opposed to the actual game itself? Um, so I'm going to get there around uh, February. Or I will be there February 29th, uh, which is a Thursday. And uh, I roughly ran around. Land around 315. Uh, I'll be staying at the Luxor, and I'll probably be staying there until the 3rd. So kind of just have a chill whatever day that Sunday and get out of there in the afternoon. So let's talk about the lead-up to the match. 
because you've spoken to us about confusion in the United States, especially in the media, between rugby league and rugby union. And to my mind, it still seems to be uh, evident in a lot of the grabs that are done with a little bit of media stuff and that going on at the moment that we get to see here. Do you believe that there's been any level of remedy about this confusion over there or is it just the same as it, as it was before? Um, to be completely honest with you, no, I don't think there's any uh, distinction made via American fans that are interested or hearing about it. Um, yeah, like you said, you and me, whenever we message, we go back and forth about it. And I have Reddit and Twitter and different things like that. I'll go on the NRL pages and when I'm reading the comments – it's all, or even Instagram as well. It just it's all the different stuff about that uh, Australian people talking about how us Yanks don't know the difference. And you know what? Though I can't even lie because it's it's uh it's true. Because like like I'm guilty of it myself. I didn't know if I've already said this like a couple times on the pods I've been on. I apologize, but I didn't know myself uh, that there was two different types of rugby. Um, I was watching one of the games with my buddy, and then I don't know where he asked me if this is league or union. I'm like, that's ah, it's rugby. He's like, there's two kinds. And I'm like, what are you talking Like, I was like, what are you talking about? And you explained it to me. And then I looked it up like, you're crazy. And I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, and I started to look into it and everything. And it didn't change me from watching. I was like, oh, okay, this is very interesting. And I kind of learned more about Union because I, <laughs> I had that rugby uh, 15 video game that I got randomly for like 10 bucks at whatever store I bought. Me and my buddies would play it. And then when I started watching the NRL, I noticed there's like different things about it. I'm like, why, is it, why aren't we throwing guys in the air? And like why are the scrums like, why are we not like fighting? It's just kind of quick. I didn't think about it later until I started like really enjoying it. And then my buddy brought it up. Uh, but again, and, and then I talk about it with some people I know and they, they just see rugby, rugby and I say league, league, and they don't know what I'm talking about. Cause like another part of this discussion that I've seen on media or different comment threads is the whole thing about calling it NRL yeah. or league. We, we, we and then like discussion. just the, yeah. yeah. And you know, I kind of get both sides of that. Where it's like, like one of the, the comments I saw that made a really good point, or articles I read uh, that was out of Australia was, like, uh, when you're watching UFC, like I'm not gonna be like, hey Craig, do you want to watch Ultimate Fighting Champion at my house and get some pizza? Like, no, I'm not gonna say that. We say, hey, you want to watch UFC? I'm gonna have the guys over. Or I'm not a big WWE guy, but we're not saying, hey John, let's go watch some uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, and then we're gonna go to you know get wings after. You know, like I'm not. We're not saying we always say WWE, UFC, uh, off the top of my head on some of those, like. Or NHL, MLB, all those kinds of things. I think if there's a way to, to uh, advertise it, like Super League uh, in England, they're not call you know they don't say the words rugby league, but you say Super League, something like that, kind of like draws attention. Like you know, certain things like that would be a way to do it. Um, but no, I don't think anyone that's paying attention to this event is knowing that there is a difference at a, a general level. Now, if there's people that are like into rugby union, like their whole thing, they see this event, they might be like, well, that's not union. Like they already know that. But if there's someone that's outside that realm, that's like a Joe Schmo, regular American sports fan, like a lot of my buddies, they, they probably don't know the difference. Um, let me see here. Uh, yeah. So like some of the stuff that I've seen uh, recently was like uh, Rob Gronkowski doing like film stuff. And I think he's, yeah. I don't, I don't dislike him. Like he's obviously one of the top three, five best tight ends ever to play in the NFL. He's a beast, but he's a goofball. And I kind of blame maybe some of the media. Yeah. Right. I I think some of the people that are in the media via maybe his American people at Fox or the uh, NRL people at Fox that he would be coordinating with 
maybe kind of give him some info on it, talk to him about like what it is a little bit so he can give a general blanket statement about uh, rugby league or even like address like this ain't union, this and that, and his goofy self or something like we this is what they do, it's faster, they're hitting you know, the bl- the the tackle system's like that whatever it may be, you know, just a little bit better. And I see him talking and it's like I saw people say that his videos are cringe from the Aussie perspective, and I kind of <laughs> felt that way just watching. I'm like, my God, this guy's so dumb. But anyway, uh, I did see the Russell Crowe video, and I thought that was actually pretty badass how he broke it down with the music and like his, like you said in uh, one of the previous pods, how his voice is iconic and just like, you know, uh, gladiator. I thought it was really good. I thought everything about it was awesome. I thought everything about it was great. Broke it down, simple terms. I like how some of the words he used were in conjunction with NFL and just like, this is a try what we would know is a touchdown in the NFL, but it's not six points. It's four stuff like that. How like we don't, I don't have downs. They have tackles, but it's six. And after that, that's why you see him kicking. It's kind of like a punt, you know, like he said it better than I did, but you know, it, it was great. Um, so there's things that I've seen like that. And then a couple of the other questions here, I think they're all going to kind of tie in here uh, to this, my answer the whole thing yeah. is they're not uh, – I'm only seeing these advertisements on NRL. I'm only seeing these advertisements on Fox League. If, if you want to really promote this and extend the audience, I mean, I'm, I'm like me who I followed on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's me personally going out of my way because I'm already aware of it. If somebody is unaware of it, I would imagine you'd want to, I don't know how money works in advertising and all that stuff. That's a whole nother universe, but let's just say that stuff doesn't matter. I would want those things on ESPN. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe John would be more aware of Pat McAfee. I love yeah, Pat the, McAfee. The that Pat dude's, Macho, that yeah. dude's awesome. I, I remember watching him play and all this stuff and where he grew to where he is now. Everyone like watches yeah, that show. It'd be a great segment for his show too, as a promotional thing. So. Oh yeah. And he, he does stuff for the, uh, Australian football league because of the kicking. I yep. don't know how to play that game. I've for, never really watched it, but I'm aware of the, the connection to the the punt, yeah. the punt scouting. He's also involved. You yeah. mentioned the WWE, but he does stuff for them as well. So college, exactly. Uh, college yeah, balls, a, uh, sorry, college football mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's con- him specifically is connected into all this. You nailed it, and specifically and all that stuff. And then um, I know Fox League is you know big for the rugby league and NRL in Australia. America has Fox for sports too. All you know, college football, baseball, uh, football especially. So I haven't seen anything on those or those Instagram channels. Oh, a couple. Th- okay, I take that back a little bit. Fox has done a little bit of advertising for the NRL, the American version, or yeah, but it's very small. And it's like usually, like I said, it's the Gronk stuff or just a regular commercial. Like NRL Vegas, bah. like it's a post. It's not like oh, okay. The saturation like, oh, rugby, hasn't been okay. there, has it? Like that. yeah. So, and it's all online. So like you're limiting your viewing of uh, advertising. If I'm saying that all right. So like yeah, they're putting stuff out there, and but but they're not spreading out. Like all right, let's watch this cool video of Russell Crowe explaining it. But let's post it on NRL, where typically I would say 99.9% of people that follow that page or like that page, they already, already know what's going on. already invest in the product, exactly, yeah. Right. They're like, oh, this is cool. Hopefully people watch this. And then, like, it's nobody that needs to watch it, per se. So that's my kind of take on it. So to come back to the original question, apologize for going on and on, because I just want to make sure, like, from my perspective, and I'm a, I, I'm kind of connected into all, like, the different Instagram accounts, Twitter that's that's pretty much my whole uh, notification screen on my my iPhone whenever I get something. So like, yeah, no, I don't think people in the United States know there's a difference unless you're already already in it, like me or somebody that grew up playing rugby. 
uh, in any fashion. So, uh, unfortunately not. So sorry for the long answer yeah, there. That's, done that, that, that's a good answer as well. And you managed to wrap in a few questions that we're going to ask you into the one uh, Farah answer, which I, I do like. We always knew 60s it was going to be an uphill battle in that sort of landmark expedition to create a difference in perception between league and union. It's been a, a I wouldn't say an issue, uh, but it's definitely been a part of the code or the two codes for a long time. Um, union having the bigger global footprint, obviously. So, yeah, how rugby league and the NRL in particular choose to tackle this problem if they're going to invest long term into America, which seems to be the indication, it's going to be fascinating. And to to hear you in a in a negative way, I suppose, validate some of the concerns that we've shown in our advertising approach, Ron, uh, between myself, Quint, and 60s in the last couple of weeks, that they've they've got some of the right messaging, but they're approaching it the wrong way. So hopefully they yeah. can learn from it and, yeah, find the right avenues, the right channels, and get the right amount of saturation uh, with their campaigns. Because, yeah, if there is success this coming weekend, and we obviously hope there is, they need to be aggressive. They need to really try and yeah. consolidate on it. And, and just One more thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say... Um, uh, well, how about you go ahead? Because I wanted to just backtrack a little about League and Union to you. So if you've got one more thing about the promotion or how inadequate it's been or what have you, I'd say jump in now, Ron. Well, um, I guess I kind of covered that, but I was going to kind of say if you were going to mention uh, League and Union with America, uh, something I saw in one of those articles going back how Americans think about it was that when any American thinks about rugby, their first thought and I'm guilty of this because I was like, holy crap, that's true. The first thought that they have is they think of New Zealand. And yes. then the next thing they think of mm-hmm. is the All Blacks. Yes. And then after that, it's like, no matter what you talk about rugby, uh, New Zealand is like They've been an the best of the best of the best. Exactly. They're, they're and then anyone else is maybe not superior, maybe England or something like that because we know they play it over there. But after that, that's all you know. So you hear about rugby, you're like, oh, New Zealand, that's, that's the best. No one can compete with them, blah, 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 blah. And after that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the extent of any, like my, but one of my, the buddy who brought up the uh, thing to me that I mentioned earlier, he was, he literally has an all blacks jersey. I think he had a family member travel and he bought one for him. So that's, so he knows about, it's just, it's very limited knowledge and it's not so much. I just think it's, there's barely any rug, uh, rugby union information that we see now. When you see rugby, that's what they're talking about whenever it is shown. So there's very little of that. Hence what I'm saying, when it, that's our first thought. But then you introduce a whole nother uh, variation of this. Now it's just like, wait, there's more than one? I thought this is – is that New Zealand, right? Do they have a team? Like it's just like that's what – I just want to kind of get into that because that's kind of the first thoughts that most Americans have, and I'm, again, guilty of that. Well, we did see that uh, on – there was a grab on the news the other night because uh, they're starting to get quite a lot of coverage during the sports segments on the uh, news programs. And it was like a a street grab with an American uh, down in Vegas. And they asked him, you know, about the going to see the rugby league. And he said, uh, they said, what do you know about it? And he said, oh, the rugby, oh, the All Blacks. They're the greatest. They're the greatest. Right. And it's like, okay, this is, um, you know, (laughs) that, that confusion is, as strong as it's ever been, despite the promotion. But I wanted, I wanted to ask you this one question, uh, which is now as an American who had the slight, a slight familiarity with rugby union, but now has become a lover of rugby league. 
if you were to speak to a fellow American about rugby league as a product and why it's a better product than rugby union, uh, what would you, what would be your main selling points in convincing them to watch rugby league uh, as a different form of rugby? Um, I mean, what drew me in for myself was I, as you know, I love the NFL, I love football, very, you know, very American of me, but I, I love the NFL. And when I started watching uh, rugby league, I noticed the similarity. So if you're trying to attract someone that is a sports buff, if that's our demographic or, you know, someone that likes football to draw it in because of that popularity, there are similarities. There are, uh, like I said, the tackle count, it's not four downs, it's six tackles, but you can follow it. You know, when they're going to kick uh, the, the way they score is very similar. I heard um, someone told me way back in the 1800s, 1900s, when you scored a touchdown in early NFL days, you had to touch the ball down to the ground. That's why it's called a touchdown. Now you just cross the, across the, the line yeah, exactly. you don't have to do so that's where that came from so there's things that came from that sport to this sport but that again uh scoring is very similar you kick it through the goal post the point system might be different but you and, and you're tackling you're hitting it's physical you have uh you don't have 11 guys but you got 13 guys on the field uh two halves um it the ball is similar like there's things that are like just uh on the surface level that are very similar but then you take it a step further like hitting with no pads. Like they've drilled that home in all the advertising I've seen. Like, okay, that, that is awesome. Super cool. Pretty intense. Like even Gronk and his stupid videos were like, I would never do that. And then I put myself in his shoes. I'm like, I don't know if I would do that either. Other than when you're playing pickup ball with your buddies for Thanksgiving or something. But uh, yeah, like I couldn't imagine going full speed with all that stuff. So that part is very interesting. Uh, but just like how hard, like I've told you guys, that's how hard it is to score and some of the crazy things that happen. I don't think other than watching maybe my favorite team in the playoffs or maybe uh, then NHL playoffs specifically or being at a, a close game in person, but like on, in a regular season game when I'm watching the NRL and it's a tight game, like you're literally like on your toes or your fingertips, like buying your fingertips the whole time until the, the, the clock goes zero or 80 minutes, whatever direction it's going. Because like, it, cause anything could happen because you might be holding your, the team that's uh, behind well on defense you might be holding them but then like you hold a guy down too long when you, you tackle him and now it's a penalty so then he kicks it out of bounds and then you know he's past the 50 and they got a new tackle set and then by the time they have like their third or fourth tackle they're within the 20 and it's like okay there's like two minutes left like what if they scored oh wait when you score you get the ball back like there's different things that are just made oh and when you kick the field goals or the conversions i should say the aspect of like where the ball is kicked from. It's not just like, all right, you're between the hashes, basically, you know, give or take, chip, right in the middle. Chip shot no, you got, yeah, yeah, chip shots for the most part. They move them back, but it doesn't matter. That, yeah, but, you know, you, <laughs> but, you know, like the, the fact that like they're on these weird angles at times because you score closer to the sideline, it just makes everything so much harder because sometimes like, like I'm sure you know, when you see a guy kick a field goal in the NFL and he misses one, even if it's like 50, 40 yards, you're like, God darn it, what the, you suck. But like when you see these guys miss conversions, and it's weird angles, like, you're like, darn it. All right, they get the ball back, let's go. You it, know, and it's, it's it also, like, it also helps nobody... that it's usually the quarterback equivalent that's kicking the conversions too, so you can't be too mad at them. But, yeah. It's right. A, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, cool. it's just an interesting thing, mindset. I don't mean to interrupt you, and but... You, you brought up one of the things that has always fascinated myself in 60s in our discussion, in that rugby league is one of the few codes where after scoring you get the ball back, and that it's a, I don't know if it's a good thing, 
we've, we've discussed the merits of it before, but it, it is very interesting in, as to how it lets the game be not you know, scripted in the sense that it's fixed, but how the, the narrative of the game can play out. So you know, it encourages these big comebacks when you get that first try and then you get the ball back. But in saying that, we now have the new changes to the short kickoffs. So we're going to be interested mm-hmm. to see how that impacts the game. Uh, let's uh, get on to the Vegas experience now. And I'm going to ask you about the actual rugby league side of it. And I'll let 60s talk to you about the, the more old school Vegas side of things. Uh, but there are NRL events scheduled in the days preceding the actual game day itself um, on the Saturday for you. Do you have any plans to catch up for those and see what the uh, code's got to offer in that regard? Yeah. Um, uh, Craig, I hope I answered your question there, but I would just, I'm going to answer you guys. I want to make sure I conclude with that. I, I would just say lean it towards being an NFL fan uh, and just like show the similarities and then show how the game is so much harder and different and what makes those differences so much cool, you know, awesome, cooler more difficult because I think the level of difficulty, but also how simple it is, is what drew me in. So that's what I would do. Um, yes, John, I, there are these other experiences going on uh, these different days. Like I said, I will be coming in on the 29th, and I have the schedule pulled up here that the NRL did the itinerary. Um, so let's see. I'm going to be coming in around like 3 o'clock, probably getting out of the airport around 4, getting into the hotel, roughly probably being situated at like 5. Um, it looks like they're having a fan fest on Fremont street, which some people know as old Vegas. I believe that's where the strip was way back in the day before it blew up to what it is now. And there's a lot of fun stuff to, to do there. That starts at 6 PM. Um, what I believe it is from what I saw, it's, uh, like kind of like an introduction to, uh, of the players. I'm sure like they'll have a stage of some sort I'd imagine. And it would be like, here's the Rabbitohs and your, uh, uh, the Seagulls and maybe a guy or two would talk and they'll be on stage. I'm sure it's something to that effect and maybe there's things to do around uh, the vicinity there that are from the NRL um if I'm I don't I, that one's going to be a maybe if we're going to go because uh on the 29th and the 1st we have dinner plans booked for uh two different restaurants uh at in the evening because of how tight it is over there and scheduling the reservations so my dinner I think is at like 8 8 p.m um I believe so that's going to be kind of tough to kind of time it in and then go back and then we're going to be Ubering around if it's a little bit too far for walking distance. Cause a lot of stuff is walking distance, but not everything. So I would lean maybe not going to the fan fest on that Thursday just cause of timing. Uh, the first uh, March 1st, Friday, they are having NRL 360 and Maddie Johns uh, at six 30. Again, I do have dinner reservations at like eight or nine. This one seems more likely because on the app that I used to watch, uh, the NRL, they also offer a bunch of your guys' uh, sports shows, like like I just said, 360, Matty Johnson. I don't typically watch the Matty Johnson. I'm sure it's entertaining. I don't have any negative they're, things to say about it. I know he's super popular. They're, they're not as good uh, as Ernie Johnson and the uh, TNT crew, but they, they go okay. Uh, I'm not a big NBA guy, and Ch- Chuck, he says some stupid stuff. <laughs> Chuck I'm not says a fan of that, crazy I, I like when Sha- I like when Sha- uh, Shaq just shuts him up. Like Whenever <laughs> I see that clip, I'm like, that's right. <laughs> And then he always brings up he's never won a championship. And I wasn't alive in the <laughs> early 90s and whatnot, Rings. but I'm sure, yeah, it's, anyway. Anyway, uh, I know he's popular. I like seeing Goran Talis on that. And then I love Goran Talis on 360 when all the Kent stuff went on. But I saw that Kent is back. I'd like to see him and Stephen A. Smith have a debate. That'd be really funny. <laughs> um, but you have to find somewhere where it's common knowledge because they may just be looking at each other like, just stupid or something. Just, I don't know. But uh, I put that on Facebook in the mm. Eels group that I'm on. I put like a, pick stitch of both their faces, like Stephen A and Paul Kent. And I'm like, I'd like to see this match. And I got like two likes. I'm like, all right, I thought I'd get like 
maybe 100 likes on this. I thought I had a bunch of comments. Apparently, no one knows who Stephen A. Smith is. All right, that's fine. But I would like to go to NL 360 because uh, that is a show I watch religiously during the season, uh, drop my kids off, get my coffee ready. <laughs> and every episode is already recorded. So like, I'll just pop it on and watch. I think it's about an hour, hour and a half long. So I enjoy that. But it does say uh, 360 and Matty Johns. So I hope that 360 is like around the three, uh, the 630 start time. So that way I can at least uh, watch some of it and dip out because I don't need to sit there the whole time again. I'm, I have my fiance with me. And other than being at the game, all this other stuff, she's going to be like, what's going on? Who's this guy? What are they doing? I don't want to talk crap about her, but I also get uh, her mindset in it too. So I want to accommodate her as much as I can. Of course. Um, yeah, but I also, that's why we're going here. I kind of want to see some of the stuff that I've never seen before. And I really like this TV show. So I'd like to, I'd like to see it in person, even if I'm there for a half hour, just like take a picture. Maybe I can take a selfie with them talking in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly how it's set up. If it's kind of like a walk-up thing that you see sometimes before like sporting events, they'll have like, you know, the pregame show. I don't know if it's going to be something like that, but it does say it's at the resorts world, Southeast corner of complex Las Vegas Boulevard. I don't, I don't know what that means. If it's inside or outside walk up, I know it's free, but I'd like to go to that. So that's something I'm planning on going to, to hopefully. And then obviously it's game day, uh, March 2nd. Uh, there is a pregame fan zone at 3.30 to 6 p.m. outside in the stadium, outside the stadium in the parking lot. Uh, probably stuff around the stadium after that. So the gates open around 4.30. I am an advocate of being early, 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 early. I've always been that way. I remember going to a White Sox game <laughs> late, and I remember walking from the parking lot and hearing, like, the White Sox bad and the announcement or the loudspeaker going off saying who's up to bat. I'm getting so mad. Like I hate being late. I just, I've always been like that. So plus being an event that I'm traveling to paid for airfare, hotel, the tickets itself. Like this is something I don't want to be late to. So the gates open at four 30. I'll probably be there at four, see what it's all about. Check out the inside, find our seats, get some food, eat early. Cause there's no stoppages. Well, there is in rugby league, but there, there's not like a TV timeout. Only time I'd want to get up is halftime. There's no innings. So I want to eat before, so I'm just locked in. Maybe I'll get a water and just, you know, that's how I am. So I, I want to get there early, check out this fan zone, so there's fun stuff to do around. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm living at here with these events. Probably not a whole lot. The 29th, we'll see what happens. I want to go down all 360, and I'll get to the stadium early to check out this fan zone and obviously the game. So uh, apart from all of that, are you going to do the usual Vegas thing? Are you going to the casino or doing any, yeah. any other risky things? Um, I'm not a big gambler. Uh, I stink, but um, I still don't know how to play uh, Texas Hold'em. I just, whenever I play my buddies, I, I just like, I think I have something and then I don't, or I win by accident and then I <laughs> don't have any of my 20 bucks I put in. I just sit and watch everybody. But uh, yeah, no, like Vegas, you can go into all the casinos. Like you can, I'm staying at the Luxor. So if I wanted to, I can literally walk down the strip going to Caesars Palace, MGM, uh, the Harrah's, uh, Paris, New York, New York. Like, I, you just leisurely walk into all these places and gamble and stuff. I don't, I, like I said, I'm not a big gambler, so I have one of my other best friends who lives out of state. I'm thinking about going to all the casinos and giving the, the casino person, I forgot who, what they call Anyway, I'd go in there and just give him a dollar so I can get a chip and collect all the chips and send it to him. Uh, I don't think my fiance gives a hoot about gambling, so we won't be doing that particular scene uh, but yeah, no, we're going to walk around the strip. I mentioned that we're going out to eat at some nice restaurants. One that's in Caesar's palace. Um, there's 
a big Ferris wheel, if you guys are aware of it, called the High Roller, I believe. And we're, 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 uh, Vegas is at in Nevada, but it's like surrounded by desert. It's like you see the mountains in the background, desert, and then the highway, and then Vegas. So, like, when you're, it's a huge Ferris wheel, and it just, you're in like this big, like, what would I call it? Like a, like a clear ball is where you're at, where you can sit down, stand up. You can probably fit like 20 people in it, each uh, thing on the Ferris wheel, and you just see, the landscape, the, the, the scene, like, I'm, 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 you know, the nightlife, if you're there at nine, how all the lights stick out, how beautiful that part of the country is. And I want to try and do that. I do that with my buddies during the daytime. And we're thinking about maybe doing it at night after dinner so we can get that kind of view of it. Um, and, and we have a lot of open time slots uh, too, because like, she's never been there. I've been there before, but I don't try to accommodate different stuff, but not be too crazy. So there's a lot of things to just do on the fly um walk the strip see all the different people dress up in the goofy costumes uh there's like i keep saying there's hella restaurants uh i want to go to in and out burger because that's usually a west coast yeah. restaurant that they don't have out by me so try probably have that before i go home just to get an animal style burger or whatever it's called and then i'll be like this is overrated at least i had it though <laughs> that's how it always goes <laughs> isn't it <laughs> You mentioned uh, going to a White Sox game. For those that are listening, that's baseball. Um, and mm-hmm. given uh, Chicago, I imagine you got Bulls, Bears, and is it the Blackhawks mm-hmm. for NHL? Yep, Blackhawks. Yeah, so yep. you've been to games across the board there? Yeah, I've been to – yeah, yeah, I've been to everything. Everything so you, you just mentioned. Yep. You've got a pretty good uh, vertical slice there of uh, what it is to go to an American sports event there. So you're going to be a great sounding board for us in terms of what – the probably the local expectation will be for uh, the NRL in uh, Allegiant Stadium. And I, I know, at least with the NFL, there's a certain amount of pageantry compared to what the rugby league product has to offer. Uh, but what are you hoping to see from the NRL in terms of their match day presentations? Um, I mean, I don't have like super big expectations and I'm not going to be super uh, critical on it, to be honest, because it's so new to me that, to be honest, and don't want to be cliche, but... I'm just going to be thankful to be there and seeing all this new stuff for the first time. It's going to make me really happy. Um, so, but like, yeah, I mean, it things that I would kind of want to see or I'm looking forward to seeing all the different merch that'll probably mm-hmm. be outside and inside all the different things. Maybe I, I can't get out here or, uh, you know, just like I've mentioned earlier with the fan fest, just seeing stuff outside the stadium, like things to do, like you want to draw attention to this event, even I, it's unlikely, but let's say there's people like walking around the strip and they see this big event, like, oh, when they got this going, oh, this is what's going on. Oh, look, we can do this over here. Maybe they, and then you get people spending money outside that aren't going to go, so aren't even going to go. So now you're making more revenue on those types of things. And I can totally see it. Or even draw an interest in maybe if someone's got spare money or whatever, it's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll send it those, please. It should be cool. You know, stuff like that to draw attention, which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, and maybe. This is just throwing something out there. Like, since it's the teams are from Australia, maybe around the concourse or inside the stadium, they have Australian themes of whatever food or stuff from each team's uh, state or town, and just like stuff to like draw more like interest in like where these teams are from. What what the, what do they mean a little bit more? Um, what else I got here? Oh, I thought maybe you know this might be wild. If I don't, I think I'd be wrong to expect this because that's just send the bar entirely high, way too high but like what if like russell crowe comes down from like the stadium like the top of the stadium or something and then like after the game or the first half he just yells are you not entertained or something <laughs> crazy that, that, that is a good show I, I like, like that yeah I'd you know get him on one of the uh the balconies doing the thumbs up thumbs down you know there you go style too. 
Yeah. They, oh, there's uh, a giant flame in their stadium. What if he like lights the flame yeah, or whatever yeah. that the Raiders have? I don't know. That'd be cool. And then like Hugh Jackman comes out with Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and like they're all on their full like Deadpool and Wolverine thing to advertise it. You know, I'll take free advertising for something like that. Uh, I don't know. Just wacky stuff like that would be funny. Not wacky, but uh, yeah. like Russell Crowe coming down. Maybe he does like an intro video. Like I've been, like I said, I've been to all those sporting events. There's always, I'm sure they do it in the NRL, like a big intro video where all the fans are in and it's maybe like 10 minutes before yeah. the game starts and it's just a montage. Something like that would be dope. Um, I, I am yeah, very keen like to that. see what the NRL does here, Ron, because to put it in perspective, if you're talking about a Parramatta home game 60s, outside the stadium, and Bankwest is a its a small scale compared to most American venues hosting about 30,000, but it's a tremendous viewing stadium. You're right on the action. But outside they offer, you know, for the young crowd, the, the families, like there's some face painting and uh, passing mm-hmm. challenges and whatnot, and there's some food, you know, stalls and trucks and whatnot. It's nothing outrageous. In terms of our actual game day pageantry we we don't do the anthem before the game unless it's an international or representative game uh we okay i didn't know that yeah so as opposed to to you know the nfl where you always have the anthem um and i know that also caused some issues going back a few years with uh colin kaepernick and the whole dispute there but uh yeah yeah, we we don't do the anthem we we sometimes have some goofy halftime antics like you know some skill challenges for the crowd to win a prize and uh Mm -hmm. that's about it most of the uh the pre-game stuff is done for the broadcast. So it'd be interesting to see if they mix it up here and take some, like if it in the same sort of uh, parallel to you of, uh, you know, the, the superstars there, Crow and Jackman and whatnot, I think there's definitely a chance for not just spectacle, but, you know, just legitimately creating a fun environment there. So hopefully they, they do lean into that. Well, surely yeah. they have to, because we're talking about attracting a new audience, an audience that's used to a certain amount of pageantry, so you can't see them, you know, providing something where the expectation in at normal events might be a hundred miles an hour, and the match day presentation is like five miles an hour in terms of the presentation. In terms of the games themselves, I'm sure it's going to be everything and more from what the uh, people are, are there to expect, even though it doesn't involve our wheels. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the pageantry around the day, I think it's going to have to be well above and beyond, say, the standard fare that we might get at a normal round game and be closer to maybe what we expect in a on a grand final day, for example, where there is some halftime entertainment or pre-game stuff. Yeah, so hopefully it is. Ron, I just was wondering as well, there's talk that the attendance could be close to 45,000. Who knows, it might go beyond that. The stadium holds, what, about 65,000. Would you consider if 45,000 roll up that that would be a success? Um, To answer your question, yes, I think it would. And in getting this question, I compiled some research because I thought that was a very interesting question. Something that I personally always find interesting, thinking about what people think is a lot when it comes to stadiums for reference in the MLB an average uh you know average amount of people per stadium is around 30,000 in the MLB and that's probably the number two some people could argue number one sport in America and the actual average in the MLB is 42.6 thousand and uh the biggest stadium holds 52,000 
the lowest is uh, 31,000 and my White Sox would be 40,000. So that's kind of a range in MLB. Um, for the NRL in 2022, the highest average fan count was the Broncos with 29.5 thousand. And since we like the Eels, I threw them in there. The Eels are actually number two with 20,000 per game. The lowest was the Sharks at 12,000. And everywhere in between was kind of like a 15, 16, mm-hmm. uh, 17,000 in between there. Um, in 2023, the average crowd was for NRL was 18.4 thousand, which is a new record. And I think the previous one was in 2005 or 2006. I should have wrote it down, but this is more relevant now, obviously. Um, which is up 22, 22.6%. Uh, Suncorp ha- uh, averaged per NRL game, which was 21, uh, 21 games. The average amount of fans was 38,000. At A- Acorp, am I saying that right? Acorp, yeah. Yep, my bad. Acorp. The average th- fans were 22.7 thousand for 19 events. And again, to throw the Eels in, they're number three with an average of 17.4 thousand with 13 events. The NFL, the highest average fans for 2023 was uh, 93.5, and that was from the Cowboys. The lowest was my Chicago Bears with 61.7. And that might be funny because they weren't very good, but also it's a fact that they have one of the smallest stadiums when it comes to seating. Um, and NFL and college football, they range from, like I said, 60. There's more college football stadiums that have 100,000 uh, seats, which I can't fathom. Like if you're familiar with the Michigan Wolverines, like they, that's a college stadium that has over a hundred thousand seats. Like that yeah, blows that my state. mind. Yeah. It just yeah, it blows seemed... my mind. But go back to the Raiders stadium. That's most important through all of this. It does hold 65,000 uh, seats and it can be increased. A lot of these state, most of these NFL or football stadiums can be increased based on different ways the stadium moves. Or if you want to include standing room, uh, it can be increased to 72,000. So with all that information, to answer your question of 75 or excuse me, 45,000 fans, and then the typical 30, 15 to 30 ish for a regular NRL season game. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. I think with all that information, I think 45,000 would be great. You don't need to fill this NFL stadium with 45,000. That's going to be a lot of people. And I think it's going to more than motivate, you know, this atmosphere to be awesome. And they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're the be, two I, things I think yeah. is 45K A looks good on TV if you get them not packed up to the, the nosebleeds, but, you know, in the actual lower mm-hmm. mall itself. And B, like you said, creates the atmosphere, the you know, just the noise that you want to hear yeah, from, oh a, yeah. from a big double header. So yeah, I, I think that is a good benchmark. Uh, if you can leave that as your opening benchmark, I think that's a nice place to look to build on in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, that's gonna be great. Sixties, I'm going to ask this question, but I'm, I'm hoping you chime in because you've always articulated some great points in regards to this particular matter. But uh, you are attending your first live NRL game, obviously, and it's obviously games. It's a double header. But what are you expecting mm-hmm. to notice more at the stadium compared to the broadcast experience? Because I tell you, there are some things that really stand out, and I'm actually keen to see what uh, you're looking for. Um, yeah, we mentioned it. Uh, well, obviously, I'm super excited. So again, cliche. I'm just more thankful to be there. Like I don't, even if it's not what I'm expecting, I'm sure it's going to be like that was awesome. That was great. Uh, we talked about it before on the last time I was on. Is we talked about like the shapes of uh, when the when the play is uh, progressing. Because I mentioned that I, it's a small gripe, but I hate when they like when a guy's tackled and they're about to play the ball, and they zoom in on the guy who's tackled. <laughs> yeah, the they, they love the smash. I cut. wish. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I just it, it kind of bugs me to a to a degree because I wish like all right the dude's tackled. You don't got to zoom in on him. exactly. Just pan yeah. out. 
What's and then let's see doing? like the four or five guys to the guys left or right and like whatever happens. Because sometimes they'll catch the ball and then like you hear the crowd and then they have to zoom out and the guy's already passed everybody. Not a big deal. But I'll get to see that in uh, person where like I'll see the guy tackle, then maybe I'll put my eyes to the left or right, see how guys are uh, moving around or positioning themselves. And like I find that so interesting in sports. Like it's not just like like my fiance, she just watching if she was a watch. She doesn't really care for sports in the grand scheme of it. So she would just see guys running into each other. And, oh, this is cool. All they scored. Yeah. There's just so much more to it than that when it comes to baseball, football, and the NRL. Uh, and I love that aspect of it. It's a, a lot of it's a mind game. And, like, what would you do? And, like, every person's responsibility. So seeing the shapes on offense and defense or attack and defense is what I'm looking forward to, being a, a kind of a, a goofball when it comes to that stuff. Um, and I guess harking back to – Russell Crowe's promo, he, he talks about how tactics are, are done on, you know, basically on the fly it's yeah. because of being nonstop. So really what you're going to get to see is as the play evolves in a set and you start to see how the defence have, uh, have set themselves out, you can see the shapes that the attacking team have or you can see whether they've noticed that maybe the defence haven't numbered up too Full well on one side. Of the mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then you, you know, you'll start to complain because the pass from the dummy half has gone the wrong way. Like the, mm. either the, 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 um, either the, the dummy half hasn't noted where the opportunities are or the first receiver hasn't called like the half or five, eight hasn't called for the ball on the right side or, or the dummy half's ignored a call and gone the other way. And so, you, you know, you'll get all those frustrations where you're like, One. Oh, mm-hmm. what are they doing? What are they doing? They're, you know, they're, they're, they're right short. They're, or or they're, they're, barely, they're barely got back on side. You know, they're gassed. You can see them. Yeah. Gassed, One. They're struggling to get back. And you'll see, you'll get to see like the hand, you know, whether there's hands on the hips or. or the body language. Know, yeah. The body language. The, um, you know, so yes. Ten. And sorry to interrupt, but that's. That's really what you're what you're going to get to see from that aspect. Sorry, Ten, continue. So on. I was going to say tangential to what we're talking about in terms of being able to see differences in the game as a broadcast versus a, a live in-person experience. Uh, do you know where your tickets are actually in relation to the field, like center line, twenty meter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, let me see if I can pull it up. Because that actually uh, does, does change how you can perceive the game as well. It's one of those things where. Uh, watching it behind the post while it's not the considered the optimal viewing experience, you can see things developing before other people in the field because of the way the gaps show themselves versus being you know, the sort of ideal centerline seat. Yeah, I don't want to log into my Ticketmaster. I'm not signed in apparently, so I'm not going to go into it. But I do know it's roughly in the middle, so probably between the 40s and 50s oh, on whichever so side. You, that, yeah, fa- fantastic viewing angle for and, uh Yeah, and uh, it's not the 100 level. And it's not the 300 level, so up top. It's kind of in the middle. And that, I think that, we that have sounds, like the first or second row in that vicinity. That there, sounds so. almost analogous to where we sit for the Parramatta home game 60s. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's like the ideal. And I'll take pictures and everything. It's like the ideal, like watching the game from TV, but in the stadium sort of angle. Mm-hmm. So you'll get to hear all the violent collisions and see stuff unfolding, uh, but they're in person. So it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, um, probably the only thing that you'll – that you'll miss that will be harder to get, I think, in the in the stadium. And it depends on the noise. But when you're at a smaller ground that we are when we're when we're watching uh, New South Wales Cup or Flag or Junior Reps, 
when you're there, you get to hear the calls that are going on yeah. out there. But um, when the players are calling for a penalty for an offside, when the when the first receiver's calling for the ball, uh, you can sometimes hear some yelling from the bench, all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, in the stadium experience, you don't quite get to hear that. But you you certainly can hear the noise of some of the collisions. And I would imagine there might be periods in the game where the crowd is a little subdued because they're not quite sure what's happening or, you know, if something's, <laughs> if something's evolving. So it might be like, you know, people are watching more out of curiosity or trying to work out what's going on. So you might get more opportunity to hear some of the, the goings on out on the field. But I think it'll be also interesting to hear what sort of PA announcements are made during the game, mm-hmm. like to explain what's just happened, you know, whether yeah. you get the they, the players get a six again call and then whether the PA announces that six again for the CE. Yeah, because usually it's just like, like a, a bell or some sort of like little siren for yeah. the, the players to be made aware of. So it'd be interesting to see how they... That is interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if they'll use uh, like an Australian person to come in to do like the, uh, what's it called, the public address of the, the announcer guy or mm-hmm. it'd just be some... American guy that's being told what to say. I, I would imagine it'd be an Australian person. That way there's yeah. no wrong information or just random, yeah. you know. It would kind of eliminate anything else that would go, could go wrong with that. Yeah, um, yeah. You can, you can get the subtitles on the screen if there's any issue. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> <with our laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, no. With oh, the twang? I am so used to, I'm so used to the accent. It, it literally, like, it, I don't even, like, I hear it, but I don't hear it. The only time it makes me laugh is if I hear, like, a commentator say like a new like catchphrase or something like what was it whatever game a couple last year maybe the year before they said some weird quip where it was like oh he was as hot as a Thanksgiving or an Easter ham or something yeah Vossi Vossi loves a uh, idiom I I use the term loosely because I don't know if all of them are idioms (laughs) at least non-idioms but he he loves to uh, really go hard on the uh, descriptive language like that so oh yeah I, I, I like it. It's cool. Um, At least he more doesn't say was... the field is as dry as a dead dingo's donger or something <laughs> like that. One of the things I was looking forward to actually seeing, like even though I'm sitting at home, I think about it, is whenever they kick the ball on uh, the fifth tackle, you know, to get rid of it or whatever, or even not, even if it's kind of close and strategic, like when uh, Cleary does it, the bomb kicks. And one of the things like, Again, to the NFL, you're kind of just fully expected. If you're a punt returner or kick returner, if you drop the ball, like you're a bum. Like you, that is one. Of the, uh, not that that person is, but that's like the mi- sports mindset. Like get him out of here. How do you drop? How do you drop yeah. it? Blah, blah 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 blah. With these bomb kicks, like I'm, I've learned. I know now. It's just like I, uh, it's incredibly difficult at times to catch th- this big uh, oblong white ball in the sky. Like it can be very hard judged incorrectly, and people shouldn't unless it's like. They got the yips and they keep dropping it, dropping it, dropping yeah, it. Sometimes, it's like sometimes they muff it. But yeah. yeah, it's not fully like not 100% expected to catch it. You just hope your top guys can. And I just want to see how hot my thing is. I want to see how high these balls go and just like kind of get that perspective of like, oh, that is hot. Well, you got, oh, you got Ron, when you, Ron, when you get a spiral bomb put up, you can, you can perfectly understand how the players have trouble yeah. because the, the, the thing wobbles all through the air and mm-hmm. you know it can it can look as if it's heading in one direction then it and changes it direction as light. it's coming down yeah. it, it's yeah it's, uh, it'd be it, it's a horror to catch and it's that's really I, more recent trend in the game that 
players, the kickers have developed the ability for the spiral bomb. In the past, that used to be mostly end over end or pretty flat yeah. when the ball was coming down. So there, the challenge was mainly in the contest rather than the the catching. But and now it's like, mm-hmm. where is the ball coming down? Like, no, have I positioned myself correctly? No, Burton or Cleary, obviously sixties, but. Between Cherry Evans, Reynolds, and even Walker and Kiri, some pretty good exponents of the attacking bomb. So it'd be good for Ron to see how they can uh, strike it and uh, if they can get any nasty swirls going. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't want to be like bashing those guys because I've learned that it is difficult, but it just makes it like you just, I didn't kind of realize that you said it goes end over end or spirals or wobbly. Like, I want to see that and understand. Like, damn, that is hard. Right? The, the, Whoa, other, the okay, other part of it is that they, just to fully understand that. Sometimes they just hear the footsteps coming too. The kick chase comes thundering. Yeah, in. that's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the thing too. In the, in the NFL, like, you don't hit that dude until he touches it. Yeah, like, there's, there's, there's no, no fair jumping catch. up, bumping him, but yeah. you're going for the ball so you can't get called. Or there's three guys doing that at once. Oh, you're supposed to. And then they could score. Like, it's just like, I can imagine. Yeah, like you said, you hear those footsteps. <laughs> like I can't. It just kind of makes me like laughing at goosebumps because like I know what I have a I, playing sports. I know what that feels and sounds like, but not to that degree. So yeah, it's a, yeah. it's really interesting. Like being in that mindset, like oh my god, oh my god, where is he? Hopefully, someone's telling like the right there. Like, I don't even know what. I would like to be in the mind of like Gutho or uh, any kind of top guy that catches the high ball. And lastly, to this question, um, just uh, looking forward to um, it's one thing watching on the couch or talking to you guys. I want to know what it's like to just sit there and be in it. Not just so much be thankful that I'm there. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. obviously great and I'm happy. But just be in the atmosphere. Hear what's being said, the chance. Maybe I'm going to be around a bunch of Australian people and just hearing like their 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 um, their quips and their take on it. And maybe it's different than what you guys think, but maybe they're kind of on par. And just hearing different back and forth and just like being in it and understanding. Like I watched the World Club Challenge the other day. Or yesterday, actually, and that was a good game. Weird call for that uh, English team. <laughs> yes, that was a dumb call. I don't understand how that's a try, but we're not going to go there. But like, <laughs> I'm hearing, uh, uh, which we'll call it. We're uh, sorry, I made myself laugh. Um, when uh, you hear the crowd and they're having, maybe it's just in England, but every team's different. They were having all these different chants during the game, and every like the whole crowd is clapping at the same time, just being in that atmosphere. And that looked like a small stadium too, but they they packed it out, I believe. And just hearing the crowd cheer when their team scored, obviously the the bragging rights of that game are kind of big, but it doesn't matter. Just hearing that atmosphere, and uh, I want to feel that, like, I, I don't like soccer. I'm sorry. I just can't get into it. I'm sorry. I know it's one of the best sports in the whole world, popular, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. But I understand how intense those fans are and, like, how the they take that game seriously and how that atmosphere is. I want to have – I want to experience something like that that's from a different country, a new sport that I'm getting into and everything else that I've never experienced before at a sporting event. So just like simply being there in the moment, feeling everything that you're, you're supposed to feel at this event. I'm looking forward to that. I want all the sounds, smells, everything like that's, I want to be, I, I'm just excited to be there and yeah, something that, new. That, uh, that, uh, what you witnessed with the English, um, that world club challenge game over in England, the singing mm-hmm. aspect is pretty unique to the English rugby league crowd. I mean, it's a it's a soccer thing. It's a you know, it's it's very mm-hmm. much what you get from soccer games is the singing that goes on. In, in rugby league in Australia, it's more chanting. Uh, just, yeah, you know, like with the para clap 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 that'll. Happen. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah sick. when it, when the the attack is happening, 
Um, each team's got their own way that they uh, their supporters will will cheer. But uh, <clears throat> I have to say that I went to the uh, the England rugby league team toured when they toured Australia in I think it was ninety two now. Um, they played a couple of club games, games against club teams. And Parramatta was sitting at the very bottom of the table back in those days, right? And they, they played a game at Parramatta Stadium. And it was about eighteen to 20,000 that turned up for the game at Parramatta Stadium in a, uh, a midweek uh, match. And the touring English supporters that were there were singing during the game. And it made it for like a completely different atmosphere at the football. And uh, we had an English supporter that was on his own that was sitting behind where we sit. And he was singing along with, with the, the, the crowd that was mostly on the other side of the field. <laughs> and then uh, he said, he was talking to himself and he's like, gee, this Parramatta team's a good team because Parramatta beat England, right? And I'm, mm. I'm thinking, man, we are the bottom of the world in terms of this, what this football team's like. So it doesn't all go well for your national team that uh, we've just, you've just been beaten by Parramatta, but it was a different experience in terms of uh, what the crowd was like. I really, really enjoyed that particular night, but um, yeah, look, it's, I think it might be interesting if you, during the, during the games that there's people wondering what's going on and you, in your American accent, answering for them. <laughs> oh, I've thought about that. And explaining. I've thought about that. So that 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 will be quite the quite the uh, the the experience. So it would be interested too. I think if you can post up, like if you if you're talking to American fans there that are there for their first experience and didn't know much, and you just grab a few words with them, that'd be great to see. We're gonna, as you said, you're gonna be taking plenty of photos. We'd love to be able to share the photos on sure. TCT. Um, but now let's just get to the, the nitty-gritty of it. It's time for your tips on the games, mate. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, do you want me to start on this? Or yeah, you guys yeah. Wanna... No, no, you, okay. you, you, give us your, you give us your tip, and then we'll just quickly give a, a, a quick reply, and then you can go into the next game. So starting with Seagulls right. and Rabbitohs, obviously. All right, Seagulls and Rabbitohs. Um. I mean, it's a new year. All these teams are revamped and everything, so it's like kind of hard to see what's going to happen, obviously. But uh, you know what? Seagulls, they just have a lot of things going on with them. Like, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they might think they are or where people might think. You got Turbo coming back from another injury. My first year watching was 2021, and I thought this dude was amazing. I thought this was the best rugby league player that has ever lived. I mean, how crazy good he, he was. And certainly in that conversation, he was unstoppable oh it was insane it was so crazy and that's like kind of what led to like me loving it because i'm like nobody in america is knowing what this dude is doing and how that 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 has since gone the last couple of years unfortunately so you got that return hopefully he can be what he can be this year and this uh round one uh daily cherry evans uh i'm you know he's getting older is this going to be his last year i don't know what his current contract thing is right now uh, so his age, is there going to be decline? Is he going to be as dominant as he's been for longer than I've even known about him? Uh, no Schuster's playing. I think he's going into the forwards, uh, but he's not even playing. Uh, they got uh, Luke Brooks, who is going to be a plus. Uh, you know, he had a bad run or, you know, not bad run, but just all the 
inconsistencies and uh, weird drama that was with the Tigers. So I think him and DCE is a good combo. He's just going to be able to do his thing without any pressure because he's not going to be the number one star per se. Um, and then Alako, Alakawatu, that if I hopefully I said good that correctly. That's, that's a pretty good Ooh, let's go. Uh, he is probably, if I had to make like outside the eels, he's within my top five favorite people to watch. Cause that dude's a dog. He's a beast. He's got his whole last name on his leg as a tattoo. That's pretty cool. I can't, mine's, I can't, I don't really want to do that. Mike's mine's lame, but uh, dude, that guy's a beast. That guy's awesome. So that's my, uh, you know, my thing on the sea eagles. I want to tip the rabbitos though, to win. Um, dude, where's where they have my little notes here. Yeah. Latrell Mitchell, who's a dog, he's coming back. They have, you know, not the best pair having or halves pairing, but uh, you know, Cody Walker, uh, he he like just on appearance, no offense to him, but you don't think this guy's gonna ball out this and that. But then when you watch him play, he's doing everything, scoring, passing, kick, like he can just do everything. That dude's I like I really like watching him because like I like the things that like you don't expect to happen from people and stuff like that. Just just like for our that. listeners, just to chime in here, Ron. Uh, when, when he describes Latrell as a dog, that's a positive, not a negative. That's a, probably a difference in cultural nomenclature there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like D A W G. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got that dog in him, in, in that sort yes. of light, rather than he's yes. a, he's a dog because sometimes in Australia you can use that as a negative. So yeah, he's he's gassing up Latrell, oh. not not. <laughs> no, no, that guy's a beast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that's exactly the yeah, tangential to I, it. He's a beast. Yeah. I watch a lot of as if hopefully other people watch as much Pat McAfee as I do. Because whenever yeah. a dude's a stud, they go dog. No, like that's. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I meant. He's a beast. No negatives, no negatives. So hopefully you no. said that. I'm like, oh, God. But no, yeah, beast. Uh, Ilias is all right. Uh, the team, you know, hopefully everyone's returning the form because I think there was expectations last year with them. Uh, I was looking at their line. Uh, funny enough, when I was getting all my stuff compiled for our conversation, I was looking at their team list. They just came out like it was like 30 seconds ago when I was learning. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, they're one through, or excuse me, they're forwards. Are beasts. Yeah, <clears throat> They're eleven through thirteen. Yeah. Kala Kolo Matungi. I know who it is. I, I yeah. Ke- Keon Kolo Matungi. He's a, a there you go rising Can't. rising star on the back row. He's a he's almost the one to one opposite of uh, Olakawatu on the other side. They're both very similar. Yes, I, I like him. They got Arrow and Murray. Those guys are just like man, like they they're big. They're big men are just. I, I really like the Rabbitohs, and then got to put this guy in here. Uh, Hook, he's one of my favorite guys outside the Eels too. I, I'm aware he's been doing it for a long time. He has num- or the the New South Wales Blues jersey for a long time. He's just a consistent. And other than watching uh, Reed Mani when I first started, he was like another guy that I saw was just like taking over games at this position more than Reed was. But just seeing like me liking Reed so much was like, all right, this is my mm-hmm. guy. And then seeing what he does, like okay, uh, he plays like this. And then seeing Cook play like. Like that, but even more in scoring. And He's got a yeah, unique all this other style. stuff. Cooks a Cooks a it's funny a, one too, Ron, because you know when you're watching an NFL broadcast and if there's a tight end there, like you can almost take a shot. The commentator is going to say, "Oh, this guy's got a background in basketball," you know, because most tight ends. Uh, oh were, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with Damian Cook in the Australian broadcast, where they'll say, "Did you know that he played? Uh, he well, was a surf life saver that did uh, the flag sprints." So it's literally just this one drill where you lie on your belly. Are facing away from these little they're called flags but sometimes they're facing just mm-hmm. little poles and you just get up on the whistle and sprint to a flag and the fastest person in those tough conditions wins 
and they always mm. bring it up because obviously he's got he's a very strong runner of the ball from dummy half. So yeah, that that's the little uh, synergy or sim- uh, symmetry there between the NFL and tight ends oh, and yeah. Damian Cook and, and flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my tip, yeah, Cook is fat. Yeah, like I remember, man, it was twenty twenty one, whatever. There was a scrum, and I think it went right to. Co- I think Cook either grabbed it, it as against the Eels, or maybe he got he was the first guy to get it, the first receiver, and he just scored it one fake and scored. I was like, "What the hell was that? You didn't even get touched." I was like, "Who was that?" I was like, "The number nine? I was like, "Oh my god, what the?" And I think we ended up losing that game, so it was whatever. But anyway, yeah, I got the Rabbitohs to win. Uh, by the way, speaking of Rabbitohs and Seagulls, did you see a uh, Saab uh, interview with whatever <laughs> TV station that was? And they're like, "What's a rabbit? Is that a what creature? Is that?" And he's like, "It's a rabbit. They're all rabbits." And, and then, like, I think they made him question himself, like, "Wait, what is that?" And then I read the article and the video, and I was like, "That is pretty funny." Because I, I even thought, "Was that a different? Is that like a special rabbit in Australia? Like, do they have three ears, or is it like two? Like, do they, are they big? Like, I was like, I don't know do what know, that is." Do you know what it actually is? I read the article, and I think it's just a rabbit. But I think back in the day, no. like. Something no, I mean, okay, go ahead. I read something. Yeah, no, it was the people that sell the rabbit were called rabbit. Yeah. Animals. Oh, so, okay. So back in you know, like over a hundred years ago, there mm. were, uh, <clears throat> the rabbit rabbit sellers um, because rabbit was a cheap form of meat, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the people who would sell rabbits would be called rabbitos, and obviously there was a few of them in that area, and they, but it ended up being that the. Uh, they adopted that, but then, of course, the you're not going to have a, a, a bloke standing there as you're selling rabbits as you're massive. <laughs> you're going to have you're going to have the little beast itself. So that's I, funny. I, you know, it's, it, it, you know, there's all sorts of different reasons why the teams got their names from things oh, yeah. being deliberate marketing selections to having connections with something from the area, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which they obviously did, and. Um, uh, you know, the one of the clubs that no longer exists because uh, clubs change their names. Like Canterbury used to simply be known as the like the Canterbury Bulldogs were the Berries, yep. right? Because it was just a play on the part end of other oh, names, Canterbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, so the Gold Coast have gone for about six iterations, and they're currently the yeah. Titans. Yeah, and mm. Parramatta didn't have any sort of um mascot as such for a while mm-hmm. and it was really in the 60s that they became the eels when it was suggested you know that the the name the aboriginal name of Parramatta which is actually Butamatta mm-hmm. was uh mm-hmm. referencing where the the place and the river where the eels are and um that was so that was then adopted but you know then you've got ones that are more modern teams and they have adopted uh, names that are better for marketing. Uh, Newtown mm-hmm. was one of the first to do it when they existed because they were originally known as the Blue Bags because their jerseys was were just a big baggy blue blue jersey. <laughs> so they were called the Blue Bags. And then in the seven in the seventies, it was thought, well, that's not really going to market them in any way. So they were changed to the Jets, uh, which was mm-hmm. a modern football sounding team, but. If you ever went out to Newtown's home ground, you'd see the low-flying jets that fly over it because it's not that far from the airport. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. you would get. So it was actually quite an appropriate name for them to receive. I mean, the Tigers could literally be called the Jets if you ever, when you ever go to Leichhardt Oval, the, the mm. jets like flying. Fly <laughs> you almost feel like you could reach up and touch them. They're that 
that low coming over. But um, yeah. So, so anyway, um, so Ron, you you're tipping the rabbitos. Mm-hmm. What sort of margin are you going for there, mate? Oh boy. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get that far in my time. I just uh, this is always a tricky part trying to tip yeah. form when there is no form at the start of a season. Well, let's go right. one to one to twelve or thirteen plus. I think that I think that they'll win more. But I think they'll be up thirteen plus. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go contrary. I'm going to tip the Seagulls one to twelve. This, um, yeah, this I don't is know. A... I, I I dislike both teams, <laughs> right? And yeah. and I've always disliked the Seagulls more, but I don't know. I've just I don't rate South. I know that they've got X factors. They got great players. No, There's no. something about them that when they didn't make the finals last year, I didn't think they'd make the finals. I think they may not make the finals this year, and I think Manly will. So I'm going to go for Manly. Forty if, yours. If the Bowie sessions have gotten Tommy Tobojevic right, then <laughs> I saw you, I mean, and I'm not going to knock it because sometimes it's the weird stuff like that. Weird, but there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with ballet. But as a regular, no, I got you. Yeah. As a rugby league footballer, it, it comes across as weird in that, you know, the dual purpose thing. But uh, if, if he is right, then you just, unfortunately, you can't count Manly out in any given game. Uh, he is the very definition of X Factor. And uh, I think I think this could be a statement game for him after, you know, a lot of turmoil in regards to his availability and health. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Manly and you went narrow 60s. And I think that's probably the reality is Manly maybe narrowly. But I think this will be a fun game. Uh, both teams have a lot of offensive weapons. Obviously, you just mentioned Tommy, but Saab is a flyer. Cooler is electric in the centres. Uh, and you've obviously got Ola Kawatu in the back row for the Seagulls. And then likewise for you know the Rabbitohs. If they get Latrell Mitchell turned like switched on, he's going to be dominant. Um, they've got a great back line. And you mentioned that forward pack, Ron. But uh, solid middles. Totola has been a bit of a breakout player in recent seasons, and that back row, Kalal Matangi, Arrow, and Murray is quite literally a representative back row. So, really yeah. keen to see this one yeah. plays out, and I think it's a, a good table setter for the next game. Yeah, and I'm just going to jump in now with the, my tip for the Roosters and Broncos because I have to bow out now, fellas. Um, I'm going to. I'm looking at the teams. I think this Broncos, if both teams play to the best of their ability. The Broncos win this, and they win at 13-plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, a shout-out to uh, one of the players that's listed on the extended reserve lynch, a list, um, Zach Docker-Clay. He's a, he was a, a student at the school that I taught at many, many years ago. He was uh, in the Parramatta system for a while. He finally got his first-grade debut, I think, at the age of 27 um, at the Bulldogs. And... He's a he's testimony to players who it, it looks like rug, a rugby league career is not necessarily going to be for them, but he got past the age football. He kept uh, applying his trade. He went over to England. He's been to different clubs. He went up to North Queensland. He's been at um, the Seagulls with Blacktown Workers. He's been at the West Tigers. He's now at the Roosters. He's on the fringe of first grade. He's been taken to Las Vegas to be on this extended reserve list. Look, I think it's great that this these things have happened for Zach. Um, came from uh, I knew his family. 
yeah, great family, um, super respectful people. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy that he got he's got to be a part of this experience. So, um, but unfortunately, as I said, I'm going to tip the Broncos 13 plus. Well said, mate. Well, not so much well said about the Broncos winning, but that might be the unfortunate reality. Uh, but yeah, that that talk about perseverance and Zach's story is uh, very poignant. Uh, Ron, 60s, like I said, has uh, sort of uh, preempted us by ne- need and necessity there. But you got last right. year's grand finalists and. They, they quite literally had a hand and a half on the trophy until the final oh, yeah. 20 minutes from Nathan Cleary saw them, uh, unfortunately, you hate to hear that word, but choke. And uh, they're yeah. taking on one yeah. of the perennial powerhouses in the Roosters who, uh, I don't know who you'd say they're analogous to. I think Melbourne are probably the new, were the New England Patriots of the NRL. The Roosters, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a team that's had a lot of success and... Because they're kind of like Dallas in terms of the the lavish spending, but they had a lot more success than the Cowboys. So yeah, uh, mm. uh, they're you know one of the one of the better teams for a long time, but they've also had their struggles recently. Um, I mean, yeah. you can see how you, you see this one going, but you obviously got the big battle of fullbacks: Tedesco versus Walsh. You got two mm-hmm. good backlines. You've got uh, Joseph Swali'i up against the likes of Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobbo. Um, in the halves, it's Luke Keary and Sam Walker versus Mam and Reynolds. So it's a very good matchup there. And then the, the Roosters got the high-profile recruit Spencer Lenu starting um, versus that mm-hmm. big Broncos pack headed by Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan. Uh, I'm really keen to see how you see this one playing out. And I think the obvious tip is the Broncos, uh, but the, the Roosters can't be dismissed in terms of the, the players on paper at the very least. Yeah, I completely agree with everything, <clears throat> excuse me, everything you said, literally. Because uh, like, I have my little notes here, like, I put plenty for roosters, plenty of names, but fail to lift expectations in 2023. Like they have so many people, they have all these names. They have what I believe at one point people thought Tedesco was, you know, the best fullback in the game. He needs to bounce back. He didn't have a very good uh, year last year. And that kind of showed on a bigger scale in uh, origin. And one play that stood out to me was the, uh, the hammer when he scored his try yep. and Tedesco took a bad angle and then he slipped. I guess you can't control the slip, but even like you can kind of see how he's going before that even happened. And it, you know, you know how that ended up. Uh, so that there's that question. Like you said, they got Radley, uh, Lin Yu, who might not even, what were you saying? Oh, Victor, the inflictor is the commentators love to call him a uh, bit of, he, bit of a, he doesn't mind a big hit. He, he can get a little bit loose sometimes, no. but it, it is entertaining. Yeah, for sure. I, and he, like, on the field, like, his demeanor, like, he doesn't seem like a troublemaker, but then, like, he ends up getting in all these things, which Flick, I find funny in regards to, like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they got Manu, Kiri, Walker, and uh, Brandon Smith, you know, along with who, everyone else. Like, Manu's regarded as, I've heard you talk highly of him about, like, yeah. one, of the young, or, uh, best, one of the best young players in the game that could be super awesome, but he might not even be there next year. So this no. might, maybe he balls out this year. Yep. Um, Could be the swan then, song season. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, uh, and oh, they don't have Dom Young. Unfortunate that yeah. he got hurt in a preseason army, a trial game. Correct. Uh, but that, but I was looking, personally, I was looking forward to uh, watching him just because of how crazy good he is, and he can't even play. And that must suck because, well, obviously not to play, duh. But just for this experience, uh, to not even go, well, going to Vegas, but uh, keep repeating myself, but like just to go – and not be able to participate must stink. And uh, he's really, he's too good of a talent. That's the thing. Like, even when it's like the eel is like, oh, so and so's out, so and so's out. We have a chance to win. It's like that's that's good, I guess, in that sense. But like, you want to have your team play 
the best people. And like, even for a viewing experience, um, I want to see the best people. My buddy recently in South Carolina, he went to see the uh, Hornets weren't very good, but in that instance, he goes to see like the other team and he went to go see the Spurs and that new dude, Wemby or whatever. It was like yeah, seven the foot, Yama, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the French freak. He, uh, yeah. He ended up sitting out for a general like soreness or yeah, just an off that, day. That He's sucks, like, well, I spent it? these tickets with yep. my grandpa and now I can't even watch this dude. Whatever. You know, yep. this is an injury. It's different, but I think it applies. Like you want to see the, the same, you know, the best guys play. And mm-hmm. uh, my last little note here, uh, Swalee, like I remember before the season started on 360, they would not shut up about him and rugby. And is he leaving? Is he good? Is he worth the money? Is he, should he poach players? And this guy, his expectations. And he was really good last year, you know, on and on and on and on and on. And like he pro- he played well last year, but I don't think he was like a top ten, top fifteen, like maybe top fifteen. That doesn't make sense. But he just he wasn't like this overpowering force. He was yeah. good for the most part. And it's just like, okay, is he gonna take that next step further? Is he gonna be super dominant before he leaves? Even if he does leave, still, I feel like there's still some weird uncertainty if he is or it's a whole situation. Um, and then also if we take it to this game specifically, um, no Damian. So if he's playing the uh, the, the wing. Well, I don't know who they're going to replace him. I guess I could look. I don't know who they're going to replace him with. But now the focus is like, all right, whoever they're replacing that side with is weaker than Swali. So now all the pressure is to get this better guy the ball any way possible uh, to score. And now the pressure on the defense is going to be for that. You know, this is going to be hyper-focused. And now that hurts the Roosters in that sense. Um, I do have the Broncos as my pick for this. Um, Their team is stacked. I don't know as an Eels fan if I'm allowed to like – like the Broncos and if it's socially acceptable or not, but man, like it's just, it's so <laughs> hard not to like their team. And like when they play, it's yeah. like, God, I don't know if anyone could beat them. You know, it's like, which is their, their brand of stud football, after stud after stud. Yeah. Is very, if you're watching in a neutral setting, it is very enjoyable to watch. They're fast, aggressive, got speed across the park. Um, they're, they're a very good team. They're, they're still on the rise. So yeah, I think, mm, yeah. I think they're definitely a premiership heavyweight again this year. And I'm, I'm keen to see how they start this season after the heartbreak of last year because some teams, it can get inside their head and other teams, they just use it to become better. And I'm very keen to see which of the two the Broncos are. Yeah, yeah, like Walsh. That dude looks like he's gliding yep. on the grass. Yeah, he is. Like, it is. Like the highlights are just wild how much ground he gains and it looks like his legs uh, – are barely not barely moving, but they're just like that going fast, but he's going fast. It's just like, he's crazy to watch. And then the news that just came out maybe today or yesterday or whatever it was that he might, he has interest in the NFL. That's an interesting conversation because you might be one of the most athletic dudes in the NRL, but just like based on tech, you know, based on where your age is, what position you play, people ahead of you, like how you transition into that. And it's not always black and white or super easy. So that's an interesting conversation for another day, but well, I, I'd rather. I mean, I think he's a super. He can just blow up in in the NRL and rugby league, and he's only twenty one. Like, he's already been in the NRL playing, you know, top level like for two, two, three years. Yep. And he's only twenty one, and guys can play if you're an elite player, like in their mid thirties. This dude can make a, a the way money is now and how it's only going up and all facets. This dude's gonna. This guy's gonna be a. <laughs> He should be. I don't know. He's crazy good. I don't know if he, he wants is, to he go is to the very, NFL. Very like, I don't have any more. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of superlatives you can throw his way in. The that's eff- what I was stuck the, with. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, anymore. the, the effortless exactly speed it. that he has, um, yeah, that that's world class, and that always puts you in a good stead, regardless of what code you're playing. Um, and it just happens mm-hmm. to be rugby week, and he, it looks like he's on another planet sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's another thing about 
him in the NFL and Walsh. I, I hate to just keep bringing up Pat McAfee. Hopefully, maybe more people watch him out there by you. But he was in that clip with Tom Brady when Tom Brady uh, visited them in their facility or whatever, and they were talking about Tom Brady on the on the show. And like, we have this clip of uh, this rugby player. Uh, watch Tom throw this dart, and then he throws this perfect pass and Reese Walsh, and then like it even said in the corner because they're giving credit to where they got the video. It said Reese Walsh or whatever his tag is. And then I'm thinking, they're like, this guy's probably, I I should pull it up and send it to you if I can find it. But they're like, this guy's athletic. He probably, you know, he handles the ball. He can run, you know, he's getting the best guy ever to throw it to him, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there on my couch like, dude, they have no idea how good this dude is. Like, that's Reese Walsh. He would probably be Tom Brady's favorite receiver if he knew what he was doing. Like, there would be no more Wes Walker. Like, I'm just thinking, like, all this stuff that, like, they don't know who these people are. And it's just like crazy it's just like it was like going back to when i first started watching it's like there is this whole other sport there's this whole these whole other crop of athletes or people to watch that are insane athletic doing all these crazy things like that dom young uh try from last year where he did like an upside down obj backwards head hand behind whatever on the sideline to score a try right on the corner that didn't show up on sports center i'm seeing soccer highlights or lacrosse highlights or another web jam like it's like those scenes are great. Don't want to take anything away from them. But it's like, why can't we throw some of those in there? Like, this is yeah. crazy athleticism for a positive uh, play score. Like, stuff like that. That it's just insane to me that the unawareness of this is crazy. But I don't, I don't know who to blame on that other than you know just the way it is and so how it is and how it's always been. And it's just like hopefully with this whole movement and uh, Vegas and maybe lessons learned from this time to yeah. next time that all changes and everything. Um, but yeah, the, the Broncos, they're just stacked. I love Reynolds. Uh, that dude, he's just like a sniper with that, his kicking game. Like since watching him, it's just, Mm -hmm. ah, man, it's just like, he can put it like drop dimes with his foot. It's crazy. Got Haas, Cabo, Oates, Kerrigan, Staggs, Isra, man. He's a beast. He, he's the fastest man alive. Like he's. He's so good. It's he's ridiculous. Got a mean flick pass too. He's uh he broke out big time last year and would have been the MVP of the grand final if the Broncos had won. Oh yeah. He had a hell of a game. So yeah, they they just Yeah, he did. There's a lot of teams you can look at and say, All right, they've got a weakness on the wings or, you know, their middle rotation isn't as strong. But with the Broncos, they feel as well rounded team, perhaps even more so than the Penrith Panthers. And the Panthers are still the presumptive favourites, I think, for the title. But the the Broncos, geez, they've just got firepower across the park they are an insanely well put together yeah. team and i think they'll be right up there again in 2024 for sure i think so as well so yeah i'm going to tip the broncos uh and excuse me i'll probably you know what it sounds funny because you guys were high on the sea eagles and i picked the rabbitos and it'd be a closer game and i think they'll just blow them out for the most part again unpredictable even if like it's midway through the season mm-hmm. i think the broncos first roosters will be a lot closer so maybe within one to 12 i think that was what you guys said well, the last I time think that's actually a Somewhere, but, yeah it's just the roosters despite everything you and me both said they're still the roosters you got the best player they're probably one of the most popular teams i imagine probably top two top three popular teams and they're going over there and the history everything else I can imagine, I can see this this game going down to the wire. To be completely honest, with maybe like a, a Reese Walsh breakaway uh, try at the very end. Yeah, there's always a uh, big energy for the opening way, opening round when it's in Australia. And I imagine all the teams on show this weekend will be fired up to put their best foot forward. So I think this could be a good contest. And while I, I do think the Broncos will win, your guess uh, or your your tip that that might be a closer game, I don't think that could be end up. I don't think that wouldn't be too far off the mark when all is said and done. So. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff there, mate. And I think we'll wrap it up there. Obviously, Sixies is already uh, tagged out, but we both hope you have a wonderful trip with the missus. 
not just on the football front, but also just enjoying Vegas in general. Really looking forward to catching up for you on the other side and getting the big rundown of everything that you did and how it all played out. And yeah, and hopefully we can get some uh, photos and, and memories and insight and looking forward to seeing how it all plays out and what you want to see the NRL do in the next iteration of uh, the Vegas trips. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll take a bunch of pictures, maybe some videos. Um, just ex- give you guys the experience that I, you know, I can share my experience and yep. let you guys see. And I'm more than willing to do that. It's, uh, I'm really lucky that I have the opportunity to do this, fortunate to where I am in my life to be able to do that and everything comes with it. Um, and I'm, I'm just really happy that you guys let me come on and talk to you guys. I'm big fans. Um, I've controlled my breathing the last three times being on this uh, when talking because I get really nervous and I'm talking too you've fast. Done it, you've done it. And I think I – oh, I've, I've, I, I have my water. I'm breathing. You know, we're good. But, no, so I'm really excited to talk to you guys, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. I look forward to it. I enjoy talking to 60s. I enjoy talking to you. Um, until next time, for sure, I can't wait to talk to you when I come back, send you everything. Uh, and hopefully – um, I talked to you again after that, and then maybe after that and that, I could go to Vegas and see the Eels, and uh, that'll probably be. It's it's become a bucket list thing. I was about to say that that's you know, a bucket Vegas. list item right there. Yeah. And then after Vegas, if that happens, I got to get to Australia at least once before uh, I kick the bucket eventually. So that that's the goal. And uh, once again, thanks, guys. I really appreciate Good me man, uh, man. being able to come on here. Thanks for coming on, and we'll catch you soon, okay, mate? And as you could imagine, that concludes our chat with Ron. Much thanks to both himself and Sixties for their time to talk about all things Round Zero from the occasion itself to the teams involved and the uh, sort of clash of our cultures that's going to be occurring on Sunday. Uh, really fascinating to see how it plays out between uh, America's love of pageantry and Australia's more straightforward sporting proceedings. Uh, but either way, this is a, a really fascinating moment for the game and thanks to Ron for taking his time before his trip to Vegas, as well as everything he's going to provide to us in the aftermath of it. We really look forward to seeing how it plays out for him and the code. So stay tuned to see how that feedback comes out. Uh, as we do wrap up, uh, again, thanks to 60s and Ron. Thanks to the sponsors of the show, Bigson Golf, North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Ron and Parramatta. Hope you guys enjoyed this chat. And as always, we'll catch you in the next episode. Go, you mighty eels.